Gracious God, I pray that You allow us to hear Your Word in new and mighty ways. God, I pray that You use me for Your kingdom. God, let the words that I say that come out of my mouth not be my words, Lord, but Your words through me. Use me as a tool for Your kingdom. And most of all, God, speak through me and speak in spite of myself. It's in your Son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church, today we get to participate in one of my favorite passages of Scripture from one of my favorite, if not my favorite, gospel, which is the Gospel of John. And today we're going to be looking specifically at chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 15, but really we're going to be touching on the entire narrative, this, this story of the woman at the well. And so, bear with me, okay, I have the, usually I write on like a regular piece of paper, I got the extra wide today. So I hope no one has reservations at Cracker Barrel. You may be a slight, tiny bit over, but that's okay. So church, please read along with me and hear now the word of God. A Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews, it says, do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket. And the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them, they will never be thirsty the water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Church, truly, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Like I said, this is one of my favorite passages in the Gospel of John. And so, 
cut me some slack. I would love to walk through this passage with you. Because, as I'm sure if you have read the Gospel of John, then you have stumbled upon this passage, and it's a great passage. But I've read this passage many, many times. And even this week, in reading it, God gave me fresh eyes to see how Jesus is interacting in this passage. And I think that what Jesus does here is beautiful. And so during this season of Lent, a season of time that is known for fasting and giving of oneself, let us go to the well. Let us be reminded of who gives and what exactly we are receiving. And so, how did we get here this morning? How do we get to this passage? How do we get to Jesus at the well? Well, chapter 4 of John starts by saying that Jesus was leaving Judea and going back to Galilee. He had been doing um, teaching and doing miracles, and the Pharisees, it says, starts to take, they start to take notice of Jesus. And in order for the crucifixion to happen on God's timing, Jesus reads the room and says, time to skedaddle. And so they leave Judea, and they're heading back to Galilee, and that's a pretty long trek, okay? But Scripture says specifically, and I think that it's important for us to know, that Scripture says, but he, meaning Jesus in, in verse 4, but he had to go through Samaria. Now, I've preached before and, and talked about how the Samaritans and the Jews, if they could help it, did not want to interact with each other. So there are paths from Judea to Galilee that go around Samaria. But call it God's will. Call it the Holy Spirit moving. Call it just Jesus saying, eh, there's a straight line, we're going through there. Whatever you want to say, Scripture tells us that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And so after traveling, it became noon, and, and Scripture says that Jesus became tired. So they stop at the nearest town that happens to be in Samaria, and Jesus sits down at the well because he was tired, and says that Jesus was tired. And Lord, sometimes I'm tired. And so it's good that Jesus was also tired sometimes. It makes me feel like, oh, okay. And the disciples go off. It, it says it's about noon, and they go off to get some lunch. And so then Jesus is left by himself, sitting at the well. And that's when our interaction begins this morning. Scripture says that a Samaritan woman approaches the well with her water jar. And I, I don't want the boringness of this interaction to be underplayed. This woman was going to the well and she was doing a chore. She was doing something that she probably has done every day of her adult life, going to the well to get water. Because water was crucial to life, especially since there's no indoor plumbing. So you can't just go and turn the faucet on. You had to go and get water. And so this woman, if she wanted to cook, she probably needed water. If she wanted to wash clothes, she probably needed water. So this is an errand that she's running, and she stumbles upon a site that she hasn't seen before. There's someone waiting for her. And it just so happens to be Jesus. 
And so exhausted from his journey, Jesus tells this Samaritan woman who probably is just trying to keep her head down and do, you know how it happens. You're just, I, I just got to get through Kroger. I just got to get through the pharmacy. I just, I don't need any more distractions. And Jesus says, excuse me, give me a drink. Jesus initiates this interaction. Jesus is the one that, that asks her. This is important to remember because this will become a big factor in a little bit. But instead of just telling Jesus no, or instead of saying, I'm in a hurry and I need to, I need to go on, the response from the Samaritan woman is very telling. Because she says, not outright, no, I'm not going to do that, or get your own water, or who are you? She says, why would you ask me? Why would you, a Jewish man, who in their society is the top of the line. A Jewish man, that's the power structure right there. Top of the top. And a Samaritan woman was lucky to be down here. So first off, why are you asking anything of me? Is her first response. And I think she's trying to bait Jesus into saying, uh, you know what, you're right, you're worthless, I'll go ask somebody else. And she's playing into what society and what her structure says is the power dynamic, okay? You are the top, I am the bottom. What business do you have with me, some worthless woman? And Jesus just goes on like she didn't even say it. Because you know why? To Jesus it didn't matter. It didn't matter that she was a Samaritan woman. He was thirsty. And he needed a drink. But then, like Jesus is apt to do, he responds to her and he responds by trying to introduce the spiritual. So he tells her, actually, <laughs> it's funny I ask you for a drink of water, because if you knew who was asking you, give me a drink, you would have in turn asked me for a drink. And I would have given you living water. A woman who was running a chore gets just hit over the head by a spiritual reality. She doesn't know the stakes involved. And so Jesus introduces that and says, actually, I have something I want to give you. If you would just ask. But God bless this Samaritan woman because I see myself in this Samaritan woman. I do. Because she is a realistic thinker. She is a tangible woman. She says, sir, sir, you don't have a bucket. Is that not funny to anyone else? She says, you don't have a bucket. How are you going to give me anything? And how often have we been so close to a spiritual breakthrough or so close to a spiritual reality. When I'm talking with these kids, I'm like, hey, how was your day? And they say, good, you know, like, I wish I would pray more. And then I'm like, oh, I have somewhere to be, so I'm not going to get into that right now. How often have we been doing our daily lives and the daily trudge through our nine to five or, or whatever and saying, 
you know what, I just need to go to Kroger, nothing spiritual is going to happen to me. Or, oh, I just got to get my prescription filled and nothing spiritual is going to happen to me. Or, oh, I'm, I'm in the kid pickup line and nothing spiritual is going to happen to me. And so we shut down and we shut our minds off to where Jesus could be calling us to. And this is what I think, the second denial of the Samaritan woman, this is what I think is happening. Jesus offers her a drink and she says, I'm not your woman. Then Jesus says, actually, I want to give you something. And she says, you don't have the ability to give me what you're saying you can give me. And so then Jesus, I'm sure, and I like to think that Jesus kind of, you know, there's a couple ways you can read this. You can think that Jesus is getting annoyed and saying, Abba, Father, this woman. Or you can think of him saying, ah, oh, sweet child, sweet child. And he finally does what sometimes I need to do, both with the youth group and need people to do with me. Jesus just lays it out. This is the third offer. And we know in scripture, people that have denied Jesus three times, Peter, Peter. So there's an important thing about Jesus asking three times. So he lays it out. He takes all the the facade away and he makes it very clear to this woman, okay, we may not be speaking the same language here, so let's try to catch up to speed. And he tells her, anyone and everyone that drinks from, and I like to think that he was pointing at the well, anyone who drinks of this water, have you ever had to talk to a kid like this, Paige, in the preschool? Anyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But everyone who drinks from the water I, get my drift, can give, will never be thirsty again. And the water that I will give will become a fountain, it says. The water that I give will become in them a fountain that gushes forth for eternal life. So now we know the stakes. And now the woman knows the stakes. And so this strange man that she interacts with, who interrupted the daily grind and the daily struggle, has now offered something that she did not think was hers to have. Remember, she already said that she was a Samaritan. Don't forget that. She knows where society has told her place is. And then finally... She says yes. And glory be to God that she says yes. She says, sir, fine. Fine, I'll bite. I'll play along. Give me this water. You don't have a bucket. You don't have a well. You're not going to just dig another well up. Fine, give me this water. If you're so confident in it, so that I may never have to go here again. And that church, that right there changes the conversation. From that point on, the conversation changes. Because no longer is this woman and Jesus talking about water. They're not talking about that anymore. They're talking about eternal life. And so you would think that then Jesus would have her, you know, kneel before him and he would take the water and baptize her. No. 
What happens next is so bizarre to me, I had to reread it and make sure, is that right? Is that? <laughs> it seems like Jesus just changes the subject. It seems like Jesus just forgets everything that happened and says, okay, go get your husband. I thought we were talking about eternal life. Why are you telling me to go get my husband? We're just, we were right there. Jesus, you could have just, you could have gotten it so quickly. She was there. But instead he says, go get your husband. And I think that there's a reason why. Because she responds and says, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, that's right. You have five. And the man that you're living with now is not your husband. You're correct. And you know what she calls him after that? She calls him a prophet. Why is that? It's because Jesus revealed something to her about himself. You know how they got there? By talking. Jesus said, after the offer, after he had offered her living water, that's when he then revealed and said, yeah, and I know you have five husbands. It wasn't before. It wasn't, well, if you fix this thing in your life, and then you can have eternal water, and then you can be a part of me. No, Jesus says, hey, here's the offer. Here's the offer. And guess what? I already know what I know about you, and I still offer. We said this morning, praise God that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And he's acting that out in this interaction. The invitation to the well extends beyond where we think that Jesus can get us. I have family members that say, well, I need to get my life right and then I'll go to church. Or I need to get these things figured out and then I can go and have a relationship with Jesus. But the reality is, church, Jesus has already extended it out. He's already had his hand reaching and trying. It's us that are pulling away. Because we think that the offer doesn't stand and Jesus is saying, I know this about you and I still offer it. That's the hope. Don't think that you have to get your life right before Jesus, but know that Jesus can help you get it right. And so that is the invitation. That is what the hope that we have as we come forward to the altar. And I know the time. I'm sorry. I said I was fired out of a cannon this morning, and I am. As we partake, in the same offering that Jesus has extended to us, let us do what the Samaritan woman did. Jesus continued to reveal himself about to this woman. She said, well, you're a prophet. And then he talked about the future of worship. And he said, she said, well, the Messiah will come and reveal all that to us. And Jesus says, I am the man you say. I am the Messiah. I am who you are expecting. The disciples come back, and they just sit back. This is one of the, the only times that I'm so glad that the disciples just didn't say anything. 
They didn't try to brush the woman off, but they stood back and they watched. And when Jesus and her finished their conversation, she dropped everything. It says she left everything. She left the water. She left the well. She went to the town. And she told people about Jesus Christ. She went to the same town. And she said, guys, I think this is the Messiah. Let us partake in the gift And be so overwhelmed that the only response we can have is to drop everything and go and tell.